Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. All right, everybody's looking great today. We're happy to have you all here. We want to welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is September 22, 2022, 3 p.m. Jerusalem time. And this hour is a actually a special situation room with my own wife, Susan Rao, calling it and leading it this morning. So we'll have a prayer and then we'll turn it over to you, Sue. Let us have, Vic, why don't you lead us this morning? Open us up in prayer. Okay, thanks, Fred. Good to see you all. I bet, Fred, you're pleased to have Susan back with you. That's, that doesn't even begin to describe it, but thank you. <laughs> so, Father, we want to thank you that the Korea team are all back safely in their homes. We just pray a blessing on them. We ask that, Lord, you would give them rest and refreshment as they're amongst their families and friends again. And Father, we just open this meeting to you. Are all anxious about what's happening in our world, in your world, Lord? And we ask that you give us your thoughts, that you help us to know what you desire in this. It's easy to pray our best wishes, but Lord, we want to pray your heart. Right. So Father, as we gather together, would you just release your thoughts to us, your hearts to us, your desires to us, Son? this or these conflagrations that are going on in our world. We bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Guide us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Vic. All right, Susan Rao, we're turning it right over to you. I want to welcome everybody, and I want to just open this up by saying that you're all very important for the season that is coming upon us rapidly. It's coming down our backs and I hope that we'll have more clarity going out of this call than we do coming in. But as we came out of Korea, I began to look across the landscape. I don't know if you know this, but Iran, there's been demonstrations in the streets. The women have been ripping off their hajibs and I guess they're burning them in the streets. I think that's actually a good sign. <laughs> God is moving on the nation, but there's other uprisings in borders countries along Europe. Of course, Putin is now threatening the West. And But we want to be with our brothers and sisters in Russia and speaking life into them. Thank you, Susha, for joining us. This is the typical Russia watch, but Katya is, guess what? She's in Ukraine serving the Ukrainians. And there's news that it is not the headline news that is the good news of Jesus moving across the nations. I think this is the time when God is going to exalt himself in a powerful way. So before we go into any further discussions, what I'd like to do is just open us up in a, a time of worship. This song always stirs me up spiritually. It's called Forever. And I think in forever we can trust in Jesus to help us in this time of need. Anyway, let's go into a time of worship, and then we'll jump right into some focused time of prayer. Here we go. Thank you, Father, that you are alive and you are moving in our midst. I thank you, Father, 
that you have the answer and is firmly in your hands for all that besets the nations today. Father, we just ask that we could see you face to face today during this call to understand what your will and your way is to make way through the tribulation today in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Thank you all for joining us today. I'm. This is a time where we, uh, I feel, need to address some specific issues for the Global Watch in order to strengthen us and to encourage us along the way as we go forward. I don't know if Rick Ridings is on yet or not. He may be. I don't see him. But anyway, this is a just a brief introduction. And then I'd like to call on a couple of people, that, particularly those of you in Europe, to get your perspective on what's going on and what God is doing in the midst of the tribulation. But I wanted to just relay a very big lesson I learned in this whole Korea trip. And I'll say it very simply, that God can unify us. And when we reach that unity, he is glorified. Because our separate opinions, our separate beliefs are not on the throne, but he is. And what we witnessed was 16 nations, uh, 17 nations in one room, two ministries that have never worked together. And you put that together and it's pretty like, you're, it's pretty sandpapery. <laughs> and it was like, how do we walk this out? And you know what? We leaned into Jesus and he brought us out as one. And there was a really significant breakthrough by the third day. That was my perspective. I don't know if some of you who are there, Shirley, or I'm looking to see who else. You might have some comments in this, but the strength of us working through the differences, the difficulties, the humiliation of not knowing what to do <laughs> and pressing in only to see God release the answer is a powerful experience. And I believe that's where we're at today as we look across the uprisings across the nations. God is calling us. This is, he's calling us into relationship. The Antichrist spirit is anti-relational. And if you look at the differences in the body of Christ, it doesn't matter what political system we are under. We're under the system of God. And when there's differences amongst us, it's because there's something weird in our relationship with God. And I'm here to say that it's possible to do that, to take a very diverse group and bring them into a place where they're unified. In fact, I'll just bring this one testimony of the first North Korean I asked to, to pray into the situation and receive the forgiveness, got up and was the frozen chosen. I could hardly say a word. And I thought, oh, dear God, <laughs> this is what do we do with this except to love her <laughs> and to come around her and love her. <laughs> and by the third day, she came up to me at the end and called me mom. <laughs> And I look across this board and I see mothers and fathers of the spirit. And we have a younger generation coming up that desperately needs to understand the times and the seasons who have been traumatized, perhaps, or at least, and some of them put to sleep by easy lives and economies that have been productive. 
but those things are quickly passing away and they're going to need our help. So I would really like to pray for the spirit of Elijah to come, who will restore the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers for the generations to come forward and unite in unique and unique ways. And I'd like to say that the Global Watch is hosting that movement. That's what we're being called to. It's not very complex. That relational connections amongst the generations is going to be a high priority. And secondly, what I saw in Korea, <clears throat> and we'll have another edition of the Korea journey at some point here in the next couple of weeks, but I saw a servant spirit. And I began to realize that the troubles of that whole nation comes from the fact that they are a servant nation. And I want to speak to all of us as leaders in the Global Watch. Jesus, caution. If you want to be first, you must become servant of all. So you need to really explain a little bit what you mean by all the troubles in the nation come from there being a servant. You have to explain. Okay, that. let me just go back to my first day there. Our host brought us to a graveyard of all the of missionaries that have served Korea. And I walked onto that place and I was overwhelmed by the sense of honor. I just couldn't get out of it. I've never witnessed such a spirit in a graveyard. And then I began to look at what they had done. And what they had done is on each grave, there's a story written in metal. You could read it engraved in metal, their story. So you could go from one grave to another. You could read the story of these missionaries. And I began to realize that they honored their missionaries. And they gave honor to what is due them. And uh, that spirit was completely different when I went up to the DMZ and I felt the pain of war and separation. And I said, what in the world is this that you're uncovering here? And I realized that, you know what? The Koreans are hardworking and they're, they're passionate in prayer, their prayer mountain movement. There's not just one prayer mountain in Korea. There's a whole number of them and they're passionate and dedicated to serving the lord and i realized that you know what this is a servant nation that's been overcome in the north by a dominating antichrist spirit that has washed their minds and the southern korea is dedicated to the lord the churches are divided but they're very passionate in following the lord and so Korea has been really, it's a very rich country. You look at the green, the greenery of their landscape, the fruit. I saw apples as large as grapefruits and growing on their trees. And I realized that this is a servant nation, but it's been traumatized and it's been overtaken by dominating spirits. And But I believe that God is going to do something in that nation to show the world how to serve him. They already are. They've been sent as missionaries, and they're powerful servants of the Lord. The Izmir House of Prayer, talk about servants of the Lord. They're right there. And they're not complacent either. They're going after it. So I would like to pray for a servant spirit to rise up amongst our leadership here in the watch that is relentless, 
That's what watchmen are. They look at Korea. They're relentless. Little old ladies in the middle of the night climbing up the top of the mountain to pray. How many of us do that? <laughs> That's unique to that nation. And convicting to me, I was like, oh, dear God, I thought I was trying to persevere. <laughs> We've got a few lessons to learn here. Not to yoke us into a religious thing, but anyway, so a servant spirit. And so let's move into prayer on those two issues. Okay, so the two issues are what relational connections among the nations and having a servant spirit. Is that what right. you're... Both of those things are going to overcome the Antichrist spirit that is rising up. And it's rising up everywhere. Okay, having a servant spirit to overcome the whole issue of domination mm -hmm. that happens with the Antichrist spirit. So anti, the Antichrist spirit is anti-relational and it, it's, it dominates rather mm -hmm. than instead of serving and honoring yeah is that what you're is that your right i when i talk about serving it doesn't mean that we now come into subjection to wrong spirits we're serving the one true god elijah was a very powerful servant of the lord <laughs> and he did not give in to the dominating spirit of the day i put in to i think one of the threads sunday our church is taking a very strong stance politically, not politically, but encouraging people to run for office, supporting them in how to run, giving them ideas and how to run their campaigns. And our pastor stood up this past Sunday and really gave a profound message that he, Canyon Hills Church, cannot support or endorse certain candidates, but he can. <laughs> so that's the kind of stance that we're needing to try to take, take our positions on the wall. There's one word in Daniel 7, 20, 21. I was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints until the ancient of days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints to possess the kingdom. Do you know that word possess is only mentioned three times in the Bible, twice in Daniel 7, and it means to occupy. So we are being called to occupy and that's what Katya is doing in Ukraine now. She's occupying enemy territory or where there's contention on earth. I'm not putting nations at enmity with each other. But we as watchmen can bring that unity, can bring the message of Jesus Christ into very difficult situations. Does that make sense? Yeah, so let me try to pull this together, Sue, what you were doing, and Shirley, and I don't know if there's others on the call who are actually there in Korea, but <clears throat> you were doing a strategic, you're on a strategic prayer journey to try to bring these two nations together to try to overcome a, what's a dominating antichrist spirit to, to have that yield to the Lord. And that's part of what we're doing. But <clears throat> then there's also in, in, in another way, but a very complimentary way we have our very own katya who is going who loves the ukraine and loves russia who are at war with each other and she's going right into the war zone to just to pray and to, to both pray and to serve the people who have been hurt and injured in the in that conflict not really not taking sides but bringing in the compassion and the love of the lord into that mm -hmm. situation yeah so there's a strategic on the air thing 
that you all were doing in Korea. And then there's there's prayer, but there's an on the ground thing that that Kati is doing. That is both of those things are vitally important. And they speak, they both speak of the love of the Lord. And they speak of what really what the watchmen are called to do. And uh, it's really quite amazing. There were there are a couple that were there, uh, Andrea or Shirley. I hate to miss anybody here. If you want, do you have anything you want to add to this so we can just pray into this? What I'm trying to bring out is a mindset that needs to shift for us to be effectual as this war and antichrist spirit rises up in the nations. So this is Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Um, so what I also found was that, I don't know if you've, anyone's read the book, The Last by Rick Joyner. But he talks about three different armies or sections of the army. And one section is it's taken over and it's very ineffective because it's been demon possessed. And then the second part of the army is more effective, but they're not working together. And then the last part of the army is very small group, but they're very effective. And part of the effectiveness is that they're unified. And so I found that while we were away, there was something about the leadership, how you, Susan, and Peter covered the people, and you had grace for people who, who were very different from one another and didn't have the same views, even though we were all coming from the same background as being Christians. We all had different perspectives on that and different cultural perspectives. And there's something about what happened in Korea that gave me an understanding of the, the covering that's so important from leadership. And as I'm sure on this call, everyone on this call is a leader of some sort in their own realm. There's a covering that we must provide to enable people who come from these different backgrounds to be able to become unified. Because without that covering and without that demonstration of unity in the leadership, they can't actually understand what unity means and what, how it is, how it comes forth in love and truth, because they get a disconnected or a perverse idea of what unity looks like. And the world is bringing that up to a level where it's so in your face that you can't get away from it. But that's what they're talking about as unity. But what we need is community that's covered by Jesus Christ. And so that, that's my perspective. Oh, thank you, Andrea. And I'm going to exhort everyone on this line. Everyone, as I look across this, you're all leaders, but we need to, the leadership of the watch is we're going to emphasize servant leadership that empowers the church. And yeah, it, amen. Let's, it, let's means, it means something different for all of us, but I'm going to challenge us all to focus into that. We just finished that study on spiritual leadership. That's a good book to go back and look at. If we want to sharpen our, ourselves up on that. Jacqueline. Yes, hi, Sue. Yeah, unity by love. That's what I found out. That's what the Lord spoke so much to my heart. It was unity by loving others, by submitting, even if they have offended us, giving up the right to complain or giving up the right to expect an apology. It's just loving them no matter what. And this unity is only brought by the Lord. 
It's not brought by any of us. We don't have the capacity to do this. So by submitting to him and understanding that he was the one who emptied himself of all the rights as a God and became vulnerable, he became a man and did what he did. It's getting that revelation that is through him in that humility that we're going to be able to overcome. And when he talks about in Revelation about that we're going to overcome by the blood of Jesus and the testimony and not loving our lives is that testimony is going to be about love because that's what is going to bring the unity. So it's the love that we don't have, humanly speaking, but that the Lord will bring to us. Amen. Thank you, Jacqueline. And you certainly emanated that spirit there. Shirley, did you have anything you wanted to say? Thanks, Sue. Yes, so many, so many things. Normally, when a person goes on a mission uh, trip, there is one or two focuses. There were so many facets, and they just kept unfolding and unfolding continually. But what really struck me was the courage. The courage. We met a pastor who had been imprisoned. The young lady that Sue was talking about, um, her name is not mentioned here, but she escaped trafficking and three times they kept get, got her back. She was pregnant at one time and they kicked her baby to death. And just what this woman went through, and now she has to stand there and say, I forgive North Korea. That is something else. And those who've been in prison, and yet they are still pressing in. They are still looking up. They are still looking at who God is in all of this and where he has been in all of this. And just the hope that they have. And as I mentioned, the courage to stand up, to be seen, to make a difference. The courage to say, I'll go. I will take a balloon. I'll fire it up and I'll send Bibles across. The things that people do, using Bible pages as wallpaper, to certain things just to get the word, just to get the word. How they have to memorize scripture. We are, and unless something is taken away from us, we don't realize. I certainly don't appreciate as much as I probably I could the things that come so easy to me. Worshiping reading the word, ministry, and the prophetic anointing and the prophetic flow, the prophetic unity and the prophetic integrity was profound. And it glorified God in everything. It wasn't about one person or one thing. It was about unity. It was about each one had something to bring. And each one was valuable. Thank you, Shirley. Susha from Russia, I think she may, you may have, we'd like to hear from you too at this point. I think it is very important to, the issue of unity is one of the most important things at this season because I see that certain global people, they speak openly that the next part of the scenario would be fragmentation. And we see that in different, in the, conflicts between nations in the uprisals, as you mentioned, in different countries. We know that there are plans to bring uprisals in Russia as well and to divide Russia. 
Uh, so that's very much on the fragmentation and the opposite of it is God's solution, the unity. And we need to stand for this, to stand against this stronghold of fragmentation to be able to yeah. influence. And I saw one of the one of the magazines, I think it's the Commerçant or something like that. The, one of the edition, the front page was picturing the main title of that uh, magazine was this United States of America. What is it? Fragmentation. So it's the spirit that is released in this time and we need to do something about it. You know what, Susha, you're really pointing to the focus button, I think, for this call. That one of the ways we can pray for a version of World War III is for the unity of the church. And what we're doing here, it may not come through, honestly, it may not come through pastors I think it needs to come through the prayer movement first to break through those barriers and the pastoral unity will come after that. We've been waiting for the pastors and it's just, I just, I, we've walked that way before and it just, I don't see it happening. So, so part of it is, part of it is we have to understand what people's calling is. Yeah. Yeah. The watchmen are a prophetic forerunner group. And so we're by definition, we're going ahead of where God wants to take the body. So we can't expect, we're, we're part of this is an unfair expectation of yeah. putting all the giftings and every uh, thing that needs to be done on church pastors. And that's not it's even not the way it's gonna go. It's and, not. And it's not, so we don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to get into that today, but yeah. let's, we've got the relational connections, servant spirit, talking about unity, how important that is, and that that comes with love and humility, the courage to stand up. Part of the courage is to forgive. This is very difficult when you've been wrongly treated and wrongly hurt, but a forgiveness is central to the gospel. And, and this is encouraging that is so important. So I think we've got enough things. We need to just, need to just get into prayer. Okay. I, I would like, Suja, could we call on you to open us up in prayer on this whole unity thing? Lord, thank you that you are Lord of all. You created this world and you know how it works and how it's supposed to work. And you put your image in our hearts, souls. You made us in your image, Lord. And now when the enemy seeks to destroy this image and to lead us a different way, different than your way, Lord, we tell you that we, your children, we choose your way. We refuse to follow somebody else we choose your way of love we choose to be one family uh, and lord i pray that you make us able to influence those around us and influence the, uh, the atmosphere in our countries lord you said that in the last days uh, your people will be shining and many nations will come to that light to the shining Lord, make us shine with your glory. Make us shine with your unity, with your love. And it's only your power can do this through us. And we open ourselves to you, to your spirit, to do this through us, through your body, through your children, Lord, where we have walked away from your standards, changed, forgive us, Lord, and correct us, Lord. Change us, Lord, by your spirit. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Susha. Why don't you 
if you can just raise your hands it's you can do it from down below that helps us move things forward go ahead shirley as Sasha was busy praying there are three three practical things that that the lord has laid on my heart now i'm looking at this for myself i'm not saying this is what we should do but number one is protect the character and the identity of one another number two give each other space and room to do things differently different from ourselves even to the point of offense it may not be right to us but it may be right to them and number three is forgive quickly yeah. Shirley, say that. Say, can you just say the second one again? You were saying those really fast. Okay. <laughs> Give each other space and room to do things differently, different from ourselves, even to the point of offense. Do you have a? <clears throat> do you have an example, or do you have a something that that happened in Korea that you feel like brought that to light? <clears throat> I think the defectors got to a point where I believe there was a convergence where so many things were lined up, and to see them come to that place of forgiveness, and I would imagine that they had forgiven. But, okay, <laughs> you put me on the spot here. Right. As, I, as we were busy, we looked over North Korea. we in the DMZ. We've got the military base. And we're busy facing. And now we need to say, I forgive you, North Korea. I couldn't speak. I was, I think, the second last one, one to go. I couldn't speak. I couldn't get words out of my mouth. It's, the Lord just said to me, Shirley, how can you forgive on behalf of your nation if you haven't forgiven your government? And it was like, what? <laughs> I have forgiven. I've forgiven release. There's so many things to be angry about in, in our country, as I could imagine in, in, in so many others. <clears throat> but I needed to get into a place of true forgiveness and repentance before I could actually speak on behalf of my nation. That was very painful. It was incredibly painful, but there was a root. And sometimes we have these roots and when you pull, it's, oh, okay, it's from there. But praise God, he will always show us and bring us into situations where we can grow, where we can develop and to be okay with being embarrassed or humiliated or maybe not cutting or I don't know what the right words are here. But it's okay to maybe not perform as others perform. It's okay maybe to not be on a standard that maybe others have. And not to compare ourselves. Yeah, that's, I, you're speaking things that are, uh, the reason why I want you to go over that is because you're speaking things that are very difficult to do when you're really offended by something. You don't even realize how deep the offense is. It's very difficult to forgive. Point one. Point two is, that people do things differently. And we have to understand that true unity isn't necessarily doing things the same way, that we're all doing things the same way. And this requires a tremendous amount of humility and wisdom 
and seeking the Lord for this and seeking understanding. And part of it is starting to walk together in relationship with people so that we have an understanding of why people are doing things differently the way that they're doing them. And there's no substitute for that. That's why there's no substitute for relationship and why the Antichrist spirit is so anti-relational. Because if you are not in relationship with somebody, it's so much easier to go into a place of offense and misunderstanding. And, and we've seen this all the time. We see this interpersonally, but we also see it in, in nations, one to another. And so you're bringing up some things that are very important and very difficult to bring up. So thank you for, I did put you on the spot, but because I knew that you could handle it. So anyways, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Let's go on to Jenny. Go ahead, Jenny. I think one of the most challenging scriptures is this one in John 13, when on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus rose from supper and laid aside his garments. He took a towel and girded himself. And we all know the story. He poured water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And Peter's a bit indignant. He says, Lord, why are you washing my feet? And Jesus replies, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, and this is such a word, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. So then Simon Peter's very taken back and says, Lord, don't just wash my feet, wash my hands, wash my head. And so then Jesus goes on and the amazing thing is he washes Judas's feet. And Judas, he knew that Judas was planning to kill him. He knew the murder that was in Judas's heart. And it's like the enemy coming to us in, as a person planning to destroy us. And Jesus's heart was so magnificent that without saying anything, he was just able to wash Judas's feet. I have found that word so challenging. And I think somebody said it a few minutes ago on the call, these things we cannot do without the Father's help. Yeah. I, my, the heart is deceitful above all else. With the challenge that severe that somebody was wanting to kill me and I would just wash their feet. Only the Father to me can give you his heart for that, but we have to be open to receive it, don't we? Open to walk in it. So I just thought I'd bring that word. <laughs>